Hey everybody, this is Alf speaking and welcome back to the Macro Compass. In this article, I will translate what central banks tried to tell you last week. They have effectively started their gentle tightening cycle, which I guess is going to be a bit less gentle than you think. So how should you position your portfolio accordingly? Well, I am not being brave here. I'm underweight assets with a high sensitivity to real economy earnings growth, for instance, the Russell or emerging market equities. I'm overweight dollar cash or dollar short-term cash-like instruments as the inflation-adjusted option cost to hold those goes down because the Fed is raising nominal interest rates or will be raising nominal interest rates while inflationary pressures actually reduce. And if you really need to be invested in the stock market, then I would prefer US growth stocks overall. Now, was there something interesting about the Fed meeting? Yes, Powell totally ditched the flexible average inflation targeting and moved to uh, basically his focus back to inflation. So the Fed decided to accelerate its tapering plan, right? They wanted to retain optionality on when to start the hiking cycle as the FOMC noticed rapid progress towards maximum employment and inflation running consistently above target. Now, the Federal Reserve is watching a robust cyclical recovery in the labor market, but it's also well aware of the structural and long-lasting damage caused by the pandemic, the pandemic shock on the labor market. In this case, it will be lower participation rate compared to before the pandemic. Now, nevertheless, they still chose to accelerate their tightening plans because inflationary pressures are persistently uh, strong and they're not transitory anymore. So this tells us then that the dual mandate is back on the plate and within the dual mandate, it seems now clear that price stability is regaining a uh, priority role compared to running the labor market extremely hot. Now, what about the, the ECB meeting? So the ECB basically set their 2022 net QE envelope in stone at approximately 450 billion euro. They uh, foresaw potential hikes, but only in 2023. But most importantly, there was no new cheap TLTRO funding for European banks announced. Now, that's a very important point we're going to touch on later. For now, let's focus on the fact that the declining QE pace throughout next year, in my opinion, signals that the base case is for QE actually to be completely phased out in 2022. Now, Lagarde struggled to uh, signal that ECB retains flexibility in restarting uh, QE and the PEP program. But in my opinion, it's pretty clear that the Hawks got it and that 2022 is going to be the year when QE is phased out, at least as, we, as things stand today. Nevertheless, the ECB will still be able to absorb most of the net borrowing needs from governments and the European Union next year, but the private sector will be required to step in a bit and absorb some of these. That's a pretty big change from 2021, a year when the private sector was completely crowded out by the ECB, who ended up buying not only all the net new issuance, but also more bonds on top. So the open question there is, will spreads be able to remain relatively contained and will volatility be as low as it has been over the last few years in the Eurozone bond market? The other extremely important and yet overlooked aspect of the ECB meeting was that the governing council said that they expect the special conditions applicable under TLT Euro 3 to end in June 2022, and Lagarde even discussed adjusting the two-tier system to remunerate excess reserves parked the central bank. Now, TLT Euro is very important because it allows European banks to post collateral at ECB and fund directly at ECB at very favorable rates, up to minus 1%, as long as their net lending activity basically remains flat. So the ECB is paying banks, European banks, not to shrink their loan books. 
Now, this very cheap TLTRO rounds will end in June 2022. This is very relevant because, in my opinion, according to my own calculations, this means that the ECB balance sheet will shrink in 2022 already. That's because TLTRO loans will, in my opinion, be repaid voluntarily and pretty quick by European banks. And my forecasts point to the fact that the ECB balance sheet, as a result, will be shrinking in 2022 already, despite net new QE of 450 billion. Shrinking balance sheet is not something that we see very often in Europe, so we should pay attention to TLTRO repayment figures, to the tiering uh, multiplier announcement in the Eurozone, and um, also to, uh, for, for what concerns America, to inflation numbers coming in, because the Federal Reserve might be in for a hawkish surprise if inflation tends to uh, remain stickier than their 2.6% December 2022 forecast. Now, what does this mean for your own portfolio and your own investment decisions? What I am doing is uh, looking at my medium to long-term uh, model ETF portfolio. I introduced this subject and section in the newsletter today. I will use this model ETF portfolio as a benchmark to signal my underweights and overweights for each sub-asset class. The holding period will be intended to be a few months or actually longer, because as always, we will let the profits run and the and cut uh, the losses. And what I will be doing is I will be using this model portfolio, which is invested 55% in equities, 27.5% um, in bonds, 10% in commodities, 5% in gold, uh, sorry, 5% uh, uh, in cash and 2.5% in Bitcoin. I will be using this model portfolio to effectively lean overweight or underweight each of these asset classes and signal the direction of travel. So at the moment, I'm underweight in all assets that ha basically um, have a, a good sensitivity to earnings growth. Um, and we're talking sectors of the equity market like value stocks, the Russell or EM equities. I'm underweight assets that suffer from higher real interest rates, that's tips and gold. I'm underweight also Bitcoin due to its turbocharged beta to risk assets at this stage. I don't think that's the place to be in. I'm instead overweight in dollar cash, as explained before, as the Fed increase nomin increases nominal interest rates and inflation moderates, the real inflation-adjusted cost of owning the optionality to stay on the sidelines decreases. So you can own dollar cash in a less expensive format. Also, if you're not based in, in the US and have this alternative available, this will mean you're long dollars, which is not a terrible place to be, if you ask me. And if you really need to be exposed to equity beta here, I would prefer US growth stocks, the Nasdaq, for example, over value and non-US stocks, because while short-term real interest rates might move higher, long-term yields adjusted for inflation should remain anchored, supporting valuations, and you know winter lockdowns should also benefit tech stocks on the margin. Now, that's it for today. Thanks for listening to this first audio episode of the Macro Compass. We will be back on January the 3rd and happy holidays, everybody.